0: Welcome, everyone, to hashtag unofficial. This is hashtag unofficially, the last podcast I am recording for the foreseeable future related to piratemast.org. I am joined here today by Kim Powers, more like Kimberly, or Kim Powers, more like Kim Sowers, aka Kimberly, aka your great final or three, third place. sorry, right, it has been a very long day third place in All-Stars 2, Season 10, The Last Saskatchewan Pirates. How are you, Kim?
1: I am very happy the season's over, Haifa, let me tell you. Um, very discombobulated. I don't know where I am, both spiritually and physically, but I'm happy to be on the show.
0: Well, not to be um, to kind of breaking the fourth wall, but you are... Kind of on a bit of a uh, shameless adventure right now, correct?
1: I am uh, on what you might say is an odyssey.
0: Elaborate on that.
1: Uh, I am in Chicago. There are many ghosts in the city, which I will not explain on the pod. Um, But I'm, I'm setting things right. I'm traveling across the country with nothing but the clothes on my back, and four suitcases. And I just want to find some sort of peace. I'm sorry, sorry if I wasn't the question.
0: <laughs> sorry, Admiral. No, I wasn't kind of going for the full docs. So I was trying to be a little bit subtle. I was thinking about this as I was preparing far too much caffeine to kind of stay awake for this. I was like, how should I phrase this? It'll be fun and not subtle, but also like be like I'm trying to be subtle. Right. And so okay. shameless was the, the touch touchstone it came upon.
1: Shameless. Yes. Okay. Yeah. T V program. Yeah, I, I haven't seen. But I have friends who are very into it. So I seem a little bit.
0: It is um, much like in like playing an org, I think, in a lot of ways. And that um, watching it is in a very indulgence in, in certain negative parts of yourself, I think.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: But we're not here to talk about Shameless. We are here to talk about PirateMast.org. So my first question for you, Kim, what were your goals going into the season?
1: Well, my goal, my main goal is always to play a beautiful game. Um, I I think anyone who answers that their goal is to win I mean yeah you can say that it's a boring answer though it's a b- super boring answer um, especially because like I don't think winning and I'm sorry there's going to be that music for a second what um, can quickly apply that um, we're doing this live I think winning isn't all it's cracked up to be definitely sour grapes talking but I think like if you're going to play an org that lasts, say, 40 days, and your only goal, your one goal is to win on the last day, 99 times out of 10, out of 100, you are going to be disappointed. Right? That's like such a narrow thing to want out of an org. Absolutely. Whereas if you, if you have a more kind of holistic view of the whole game, And you realize, okay, you know, 18 out of the 19 people playing are going to lose. Why don't I have an ideal that I'll be happy with and can achieve even if I don't make it to that last day, right?
0: Right. So kind of going into the game with the terms for how you want to play it and kind of staying to those and and marking your ability to stay to those as your kind of success.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. And it doesn't have to contradict a desire to win. I mean, you don't have to play a bad game for it. But you just have a kind of a a guiding light throughout the whole process. Even when things look completely dire.
0: Pardon me for kind of calling out something that's more of my story and maybe less of yours, but if I'm being honest, I mean, Yandere did have a a goal for the season of getting the most black spots ever. And you did attempt do you did you did rob him of that?
1: I did. You I took did. that from him. But part of my story was being the villain of the season, so uh, we came into conflict, and my story went out. I guess.
0: No question. Um. So, who were your key allies going into the season throughout?
1: Going in by going in, do you mean like pre gaming? Because I did not do a single bit of pre gaming.
0: I was not implying that. Okay, good. It Um, was more like okay, like obviously, if you're like in your, you're thinking, okay, these are some people I would be open to working with. These are people I'd like to pursue working with.
1: Right. Um, It was interesting. I've said this a few times during the season, Um, but I think this cast is very unique for me in that. It is probably, it has the highest ratio of people that I actually like to people generally. Um, I've never experienced this kind of scenario where there's simply too many people who I want to work with, even day one. Um, But the big names uh, were Dragon, Maddie, to some extent Kevin, um, and... Rain as well, Rain and I having had worked together in season 8 pretty successfully. Um, and I was excited but very wary about you, Targic, Sherlock. Um, but definitely, like, uh, I, I day one pretty much made final two deals with uh, Dragon and Maddie. Or at least, I- like, very close like duos that i intended i t- intended at least one of them to be my like number one for the entire game
0: um Brian, it seemed like your game very much stayed that course
1: yes and it got a bit messy but we'll get to that
0: of course and speaking of getting to that like what, what would you say were the kind of key votes this season where did that get messy
1: the key votes. So I think early on, um, through most of the early and mid game, I felt like things were pretty under control. I thought that the votes were either non critical, meaning they could go away I didn't necessarily want without being catastrophic, um, or they were completely controlled by uh, the numbers that I could rely on. Um, I think it started to get messy um, around the time that... Well, it it was definitely messy by Final Six. Um, I think the rounds right before that were getting messy because I didn't necessarily like the fact that the season and the votes were going as smoothly as they were, um, that the kind of old-school alliance headed by Jiffa was locking down the game. Um, right. And if everyone in that alliance stayed the course, there, there was basically no chance after the auction and after the crew swaps had all been bought by our side. Um, Minty was the only factor that could have swung it besides me, I feel. Um, So I was always trying to find a way to inject some more life and dynamism into the game. Try to give people like Choco and Maddie more of a shot. I didn't think that that was possible, though, until um, The Captain's Curse was played. And Going into the captain's curse, after I played it, I actually considered that I might be voted off in the second round, which was pure paranoia in hindsight, I believe. But I really felt the uh, the heat of the situation at that and I knew I had to make a decision.
0: And what was that decision?
1: The decision was to basically make a deal with the devil and commit myself to, uh, to Maddie's portion of the game, side of the game. Um, she, I, well, I have to, I have to give her full credit for the entirety of the captain's curse, the two cycles, um, because she came to me with one of the best pictures I've ever heard, honestly. Um, at this point, like Dragon, who I cannot praise highly enough, I think Dragon was like probably going to win if if I didn't um, flip on her when I did. No um, question. No question. Yeah, she played like an amazing game and I, I felt really bad about it. Phenomenal. <laughs> we'll get to that. We'll get to that. But Maddie basically said okay, if you don't do something now, um, I'm going to get picked off. Joker's going to get picked off. And then Minty wants to turn on you. Um, Maddie had heard that Minty wanted me out, not immediately, but in the next few cycles after the captain's curse. Um, and I believe that entirely because my connection with Minty had always been much weaker than with like Jiffa or dragon. Um, so Maddie really got me uh, got me paranoid about my safety, like in the, in the very short term. Um, so we made a deal basically, if Maddie would work, lie to Minty and basically get Minty to vote Chris out, and then vote Kevin out the round afterwards. Um, if, she de- if she did that,. Uh, and I promised to nominate Dragon the round after, then Matty, me, and Jiffa would make the end. Um, and that is the, the deal I took.
0: And it it seemed to have worked out well.
1: It worked out... Well, the deceptive thing is that Dragon, I believe was never going to turn on me, I think she was going to, at least this is my my final three deal with Jiffa as well, so the thing that made it so hard is that normally you have some sort of concrete reason to flip on someone you are aligned with. right? Um, either you found some lie that they told, or you think, like, they're just going to beat you at the end, um, at, like, a survivor style final tribal council. But in a game like this, and in a situation like this, you know, even if Dragon played the most dominant game, like, I don't have to fear going to the end with her as much for, like, jury threat reasons. you have to more And... Or-
0: way the jury perceives you
1: right which uh, I tried to play off of but I don't think it really affected much Um, but also like Dragon I thought was going to be loyal to me anyway so when I did nominate her it was an act of pure cold blooded betrayal Um, there was no immediate obvious reason why I made that move
0: Right, and obviously, Maddie seems to be getting all of the credit for that move, Or convincing yes. you to flip. And where, where, where do you, how do you feel about that?
1: Um, I think, honestly, I think she deserved Flair the season. Um, I think she deserves a lot of credit. Um, I don't think that I was her laptop. I don't think I was throwing my game for her. But I think she, she found the exact right moment to get in my ear and basically open up the path for her. She was in an awful, unwinnable position, but she managed to flip that around and be basically at the head of the entire ship. Um, So I can't complain about her being overrated for this move and for me being underrated. I mean, she can take as much credit as people are willing to give her, in my opinion.
0: Right. And um, so then how do you feel about the way that that turned out and kind of led to your third place? Do you see any paths to victory that like were unexplored?
1: Um, honestly, no, not really. Um, people after the season, for example, Big Mike, uh, they had this idea that the dragon betrayal could have worked better if I had nominated and sent dragon home one round, and then immediately afterwards, if I had also nominated and sent Maddie home um, to basically make sure that like I was getting the credit for everything, that I, I was completely independent. And that I, like, I would have to be judged on my own merits rather than, like, in the shadow of one of the other two. Right. Um, But I... Maybe maybe that's true, but I was never going to consider that. And if I played the season again, I would not do that. Because for two reasons...
0: An emotionally sorry, charged sorry. cast. Mm-hmm. That doesn't make sense.
1: Right. Yeah, first of all, from a jury perspective, the reason why I flipped on Dragon is because I thought that I would need jury votes to oh, stay off my back. Ghost screw. sorry. Um I I was hoping to win some sort of favor with at least like Choco. Um, I wouldn't be burning Maddie, um, potentially Kevin, and Tarjik, who had criticized me heavily for being Dragon's lapdog, uh, would see this and go, hmm, okay, so I was wrong about that.
0: Which... Well, to be fair, Targic was simply pulling out the standards and playing the hits.
1: True, very true. Um. Yeah, so like I was already I already flipped to win those jury votes and kind of distance myself from the old school alliance because I thought that that was what was really holding me back in people's in people's eyes, right? And that's why it didn't it doesn't make sense to me for me to immediately go back to voting Maddie out the round after because. I mean, either either it worked, either voting Dragon out worked, and I gained Ghost Crew support, um, which I'm just I'm then like unnecessarily burning, or I'm voting Maddie out because the Ghost Crew still hated me after Dragon went, and Maddie going, there's no way that would help my case, especially when Maddie is close with Kevin, is close with Shoddy, and will probably not vote for me to stay at the end you know it's like i didn't see a way well in hindsight i don't see a way that um i better manage the jury through pure strategic gameplay um the personal level is a different question though
0: and do you want to talk about it at all
1: uh sure um, Tell us about your social game
0: because I think that was kind of one of the maybe underreported things. I mean, I don't think anyone is leaving the season thinking that you were an underwhelming strategic player, but maybe that your social game was in some way lacking. I think is the perception what? that I'm seeing. I'm not saying that's my perception because it's not.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I, I do feel like my strategic game has also gotten a lot of flack, which, to be fair, I agree with i think i played a very loose season all around um but i think my social game my social game was very like it was like like top of the line when it came to like four people and for everyone else it was barely existent. right
0: right that was Um, kind of that was what what i think was perceived
1: yeah and I mean, like, that perception is, is completely valid, because I some people, for example, Minty, at the end, I was barely talking to him, and I was leaving him on read. Uh, people like Chris, I answered this at Ghost Court. Right, I
0: was going to ask about this. Was
1: Why? Why I answered the way I did, or why I didn't, like, talk to him? Well,
0: Why did you just, like, leave them on red?
1: Well, because I had better things to do, honestly. Like, from my perspective, right, from my perspective, I think people are really overrating how important it is to talk to people to just talk. And I mean this, like, on a personal level, like, like and how they form their impressions of people. I mean, I don't want to single anyone out, but, like, if there's no particular, like, game motivation to be talking to someone and you're just talking about, like, random random stuff like there's nothing wrong with that but for that to be like the entirety of your interactions with someone and for them to be for there to be like explicit like game explanations for why you're not talking strategy because like you're obviously like everyone knows you're not working together in the near future then like why why does it matter you know and then that's of course like a very like Of course, I understand that people think it does matter, and that it's a very contrarian stance I'm taking, Um, but I'm just really stubborn, you know.
0: Well, I mean, I think... I'll put it this way. I think a lot of the reason that I would develop a social game, and I think a lot of my game in Season 7 lacked, was because I didn't take time to at least attempt to express empathy with people i was voting out in a way that could have potentially benefited me in a ghost crew situation
1: Mm -hmm.
0: and i would say that from like a strictly utilitarian standpoint there is definitely a lot of value in like humanizing yourself to other people when they have the option to pick which person they like the
1: least absolutely
0: and so I would say that would be the importance of talking to people, even if they're not, you know, someone you're immediately strategically working with.
1: Right. I mean, like, pragmatically, you're absolutely right. Like it would have definitely at least made it uh, not so one sided at the end. Um, but like, here's the thing, like, I think Kiwi said it during the reunion, um, I think one of one of my things is I play I play the game that I'm playing rather than the game everyone else is playing. In the sense right. that I have my I have like very particular, like stringent ideas of like what people should respect in the game and what they should be trying to do. And like even if it's materially bad in the game, quote unquote, it still makes sense from my perspective. Um, It's a very solipsistic mindset, I guess, but more specifically, like when it comes to jury management, um, that's one thing that I historically have never cared for because I always feel like if the jurors were just um, voting off of the criteria I would vote off of and which I think they should be considering, then none of this would be a problem. You know, so it's like right,
0: but that but that completely disregards the uh, veil of ignorance.
1: <laughs> I mean, I think I I, I think my standards uh, align with with uh, what would be produced from the veil of ignorance. So I think I'm already objective enough.
0: But I I think that people generally don't behave objectively.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Which I think is something that's like, I guess, very important to me in my sort of strategic mind. But you know, this isn't about me.
1: No, I mean, like, I'm interested in any insights you have, like, compared to your personal experience. Because I felt like I, I honestly do feel like I was playing the sort of game that we were talking about playing before I uh, won my war against you. Um, right. So I am interested in in your outlook on all of this.
0: And I mean, I think that in some sense, I was attempting to play a very similar game, but I was also having a lot of, or at least attempting to, some people were not as cooperative, have these kind of nonsense conversations so that I could understand the way that those nonsense conversations would turn and see if I could use that to like, help me predict what was happening you know like the changes in the nonsense i think are like a valuable tool to like understand what someone's gonna do
1: you know right they're like weather vanes
0: right exactly
1: okay and so i think about
0: that a lot what in my social game
1: okay yeah that is interesting um i think I think you can definitely tell a lot about your position in the game just based on how people are talking to you. Like for example, like everything that I'm saying about how I don't talk to people if I don't see like a particular reason to, if they look at this and they they say, Okay, so I'm not being talked to I mean obviously there's something like going on here between Kim and I that I need to I need to figure out like that is revealing right. information and like from an objective, like a, a completely pragmatic standpoint, it's better to like keep everyone kind of on the same, like on the same IV drip of kind of idle chatter. Um, right. Exactly.
0: IV I, I, The IV trip of I, idle is, chatter is a phenomenal way to say it. Sorry. I have like a
1: lozenge in my mouth. Uh, thank you. Um, I will say, like this is by far like the most I've ever talked to anyone in org. Um, just well, like you people did generally
0: spend an estimated eight thousand six hundred dollars in Kyoto payphone currency talking to Maddie in one session.
1: <laughs> yeah, I did do that, um, and that wasn't even much of a record. Uh, compared to the uh, second and third, so it went a bit overboard. Well,
0: I was, I, I was admittedly paying less attention at that point. The ending kind of seemed more inevitable after that.
1: Right. Um, I think, yeah. I, I, I think like if I, if I had uh, sliced off maybe an hour or two per day for my conversations with everyone else and put them into people like Minzi and Chris, um, then that probably would have went a, a long way.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think, I guess, it, you know, I could be very wrong about this. This is just, you know, an outsider's perspective. I don't know the inner workings of the game. But it felt like it was going to be a lot closer between you and Jeff at Ghost Crew than it ended up being.
1: Right. Yeah, I mean, like from my perspective, I thought, like, yeah, I thought it was going to be bad. I thought I was probably going home, but I thought it was going to be competitive. I didn't expect it to be, oh, uh, what, like six one or whatever.
0: Yeah, I think five one.
1: Five one. Yeah, I mean, like, I, uh, I haven't read uh, confessionals really. I haven't read the ghost court yet, so I'm not. I'm completely still like. uh in a state of ignorance about, like, everything that was happening while I was actually playing. Um, um,
0: so I'm, I had to bring this up at some point. There it is. The last ballot for you
1: has a has a note on it. Uh, can you read the note? Hashtag believe the hyper. <laughs>
0: What what She's, do you think that was?
1: Was this the ballot you submitted or was this a ballot red?
0: This was a red ballot. This was the last ballot that was read that cut you adrift.
1: Was it Tarjik's ballot? It was not. Um Choco's ballot?
0: That is correct. That was Choco's ballot. Okay.
1: Yeah, that was to be expected. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, yeah. See, like for example, like that. I I don't know. Like I, I completely understand like why she would vote me, but I also would completely understand why she would vote Jiffa. You know. Right. So I just didn't think it was going to be so unanimous
0: yeah and i think this conversation has been interesting because i understood you and choco to be kind of a lot closer than you're sort of hinting at here or pointing to here where it seems like you two weren't particularly close at all
1: no i mean we were like on in a game sense like we were not close at all because for the for most of the mid-game up like up to the end game up to like final six Um, I was basically manufacturing the downfall of everything that Choco wanted out of the game. Like, I was, well, at least partially partially responsible for, uh, the season nine purge, the new school purge, and, like, Choco getting nominated over and over again. Um, and, like, she knew it all along. I didn't, it wasn't, like, a secret. Um, and at the end, I, of course, gave Maddie sole voter um, and the rounds leading up to that. I didn't really like keep her like in the loop. I never promised her a final three. I never promised her oh, well. that she would get to the end because like I didn't like I think we were both in the same age. When I nominated her the last round, um, she was like, you know, I, I kind of expected this. Like, this was obvious. Like, you don't have to apologize for this. Like, it it was very... There was an understanding there that, like, we were not on the same course. Um, like, on a personal level, I love Choker. Like, Choker is one of my favorite people I played with. Like, she's amazing. But we just, like... I, I basically stripped her of her vote for most of the game. Um, or just, like, went after her allies. So...
0: Right. I mean, I guess that was kind of my perception of her getting on the black spot as well, was was people just trying to neutralize her.
1: Right. And it it definitely wasn't her fault. Like, if I can go on a... Can I go on a brief tangent for a second? Absolutely. Okay. So the the reason why I'm so low on this season is because in, in past seasons, like, say season six, season six was a very dynamic season, like, At every moment I was running through 10,000 possibilities. Um, There were so many moving parts and pieces and it felt like the possibilities for the game were endless. Um, There was always a focus on agency and individual characters being able to shake up the game at any given moment. In this season, season 10, what were the big moves like what were the the really like paradigm shifting moments dragon going home is like i think like the biggest move of the game probably no question question. question. and like what's even in competition
0: um i can point to a second but it's not in competition to it
1: what would you say the second is
0: I mean, obviously, the Kevin Jipah situation, right? Which did cost Kevin the game ultimately.
1: Yeah, but I mean, like, even that was like, that was like almost completely out of the game. Um,
0: All right, the uh, dragon's blind side on me. I would also point to
1: right. Um, but I don't know. Like, I think that was definitely a big move and probably, like, the second biggest move. Um, But I think there's, like, a a very distinct um, thing that separates the season's big moves from, like, past seasons. And that is, like, this season, everything that happened felt fated to happen.
0: Oh, no question. I think I have the same critique, if I'm being honest. And I think I made that critique incredibly vocal during the season, was how... (laughs) inflexible and unwilling to maneuver everyone seemed and continued to be after I left. I had kind of pegged the season from round 15 and it followed almost identically what I had kind of anticipated.
1: Right. Um, I'm glad you, you have also, you, you also picked up on it while it was happening, but like from like the very early days, I just had this overwhelming feeling that, okay, this is, this is a Greek tragedy in motion right? This is like, you know, the interesting thing about the Greeks, about their life, is that they didn't have the same conception of ego as we did, because they, their gods were very impersonal, uh, they were very, they were explanatory, you know, it's like, things happen because the gods act in certain ways. It's very, it's not mechanistic, really, but it's, it's very fatal. Um, and I thought the season was following the Greek structure of life. Um, I thought no matter what I did, I would end up in the same place. Like that sounds like I'm being like hyperbolic and being fanciful, but at certain points I I actually felt like it didn't matter what I did because I could not have done otherwise. Like everything was leading the season along its natural course and it would terminate at one point. And one point only, regardless of any kind of uh, intention to interfere with that um, chorus. Yeah, I completely kind of, agree. Yeah, which kind of explains my. Some have said sloppy end gameplay. I didn't think like when I when I made uh, Maddie, the final voter, um, I got criticized because. Like, Obviously, I should make Jiffa the final voter because Jiffa has an incentive to keep me over everyone else. Maddie doesn't have that same incentive. So what if Maddie votes Jiffa or Choco off? But from my mind, like, yeah, OK, that might be true. But Maddie is going to vote Choco off. There is no way she doesn't. This is just how it's going to go. I don't need to consider any arguments. I just know this is how the season's going to play out. Right,
0: even talking to Maddie and everyone who's listened to that everyone, I guess, is a bit of a spoiler for the next podcast, but talking to Maddie, she feels very much the same way where, like it was very clear to her that she had no choice, but to do that those wheels were in motion, it was inevitable that she would get Choco out there whether it was even the best move for her or not is, you know, something everyone can debate and people have different thoughts on Mm -hmm. but it did feel incredibly fatalistic now that you're kind of framing it in that way.
1: Right. Yeah. And I mean, like, I think it's very fitting that Jiffa won the season. Um, I have a lot of praise for Jiffa. I think of the people I talked to, I think Jiffa and I had the most in-depth strategic conversations. Um, Like Jiffa and I would talk about like every vote like every nomination cycle, every expedition, we would just VC for an hour or two and run through all of these, Jiffa is amazing at these like, at these concrete scenarios, this kind of like very practical calculation. Um, I don't normally do that. Um, despite what Tarjik says, I don't have every single thing planned out. I just have a very like vague idea of what I want at any particular time. And I use my intuition to kind of try to, you know, grope my way towards that. But Jiffa really was a great counterbalance in that he was able to actually, like, see the paths forward and, and, uh, and judge which one was the easiest. Um, right. So, I mean, like, a lot of praise for Jiffa. But Jiffa was also incredibly fatalistic. Like, intentionally, he wanted from kind of the early days, he wanted the old school alliance to just lock the game down um, buy a certain combination of advantages at the auction and make it so that there is no counterplay there's no chance for the opposing forces to mount a comeback or any kind of resistance at all he just wanted it to be a straight like run through steamroll um and he didn't get it the way he wanted because I like, blindsided him basically like every round for in the final like four rounds or so. But he basically got it what he wanted, I feel. Right.
0: Interesting. That's like honestly even more of a compelling argument for Jiffa's gameplay than I think even Jiffa himself gave, will we'll give to those who haven't. Or listening to the sequence.
1: Yeah, um, no, I think yeah, I, I think Jiffa pro What he, I think Jiffa wasn't prepared for the the normal kind of endgame that's very shifting and people are playing incredibly individually. And normally, endgames are the the least fatalistic portions of the game because. Everyone is so self-centered the more the numbers dwindle and are more willing to make deals that go against what they were doing previously because there's not enough time to punish that sort of thing. Um but here here the end game was almost drier than the middle game, which I feel is kind of rare. Um, I don't yeah, I mean, it's, like, it's like a
0: season of Survivor, and pardon me for you know referencing that show, but it's like a season of Survivor where the pre-merge is better than the merge. It's like, it doesn't happen all the time. It doesn't happen very often, I think.
1: Right.
0: Yeah, for the same reason, for exactly the same reasons you're describing.
1: Right. Um, yeah, and I, I think it, it was very similar to uh, Season 5 of Survivor, if we're Allowed to reference a show.
0: Um, could you go into that a bit more? I don't believe I have seen season
1: five. Well, season five was uh, again very fatalistic. The winner—I'm not going to go too much into detail—but the winner was basically obvious, like from like final ten onwards. Not just because of the editing, but because like the gameplay was so like engineered towards one particular outcome. Um, It was just kind of watching things unfold, watching a train derail in slow motion and you can't do anything to to interfere. Um, And of course it was also incredibly emotional on a personal level and like very cold and cruel and uh, unpleasant in most ways. Um,
0: Historically, a very poorly ranked season of Sur- Survivor, typically.
1: Very, very. But I'm a defender of it. I think it, it's much more interesting than people want to admit, even though it is like, it's hell on earth to watch. It's
0: not, it is among my last three to four seasons I need to watch. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think I I'm interested. going to quite make my goal of having seen every season within the span of my first year watching the show, but. And I still have five to five to go and one to finish. But that is actually next on my list. Really? Yes, I'm currently watching Nicaragua. And next, I'll be watching Thailand and Fiji, then Palau. And they will be finishing in the lovely Vanuatu.
1: That's a pretty good run. Um, I think Palau, Vanuatu, and... Uh, Thailand are three of the best so I'm excited for you
0: thank you I found I'm finding Nicaragua a lot more enjoyable than I thought I would however I have attempted to watch Guatemala and found it mostly unwatchable
1: well you haven't seen Palau yet right correct right. well um you might view it slightly differently it's hard to say actually Uh sorry i think we're getting a bit derailed yeah
0: no question um, but yeah so i mean i think to your point it yes it does seem very like this season was from almost day one going to go a certain way because there were only so many voices that were willing to be as vocal as they were
1: mm-hmm. yeah and i mean like i
0: To use a uh, Brad and Bradley a Clyke, metaphor. There's, you know, there at the beginning there are an infinite number of boats to get on, but once you get on a boat, you're kind of on a boat, and it seemed like there were not a ton of boats. This season,
1: there were not. No. (laughs) Um. Yeah, I mean, like Choco. Choco is probably, besides Dragon, of course, Choco is the person I feel worse for um, for how the season played out. Um, I remember at one point, I think around like Final Eight, I was messaging her and I was telling her how much I was trying to find a way to upset the balance and to turn the game on its head. Um, But I just, I couldn't, I couldn't find it it was only when Maddie came up with this proposal that I like had any hope of, of anything changing. If she hadn't, if Maddie had not done that, I would have went to the end with dragon and Jiffa and it would have been equally as like boring, but from the other side. Right. Um, no question. Like, so even that, even that was kind of the contours of the season were determined. It was just like particular people kind of sliding in and out of the spots um, yeah, <laughs> which
0: like, no, Minty like, inevitably goes at final five in every scenario.
1: Final five or final four? Yeah, yeah. There's an argument that Choco goes at like final five before Minty if she lasts past six. But yeah, I mean, right. like in any in any case, like Minty doesn't get to final three no one in the world would want me to the final three um, Choco probably doesn't get the final three I don't see a scenario where she does um, Maddie gets there if Dragon doesn't get there and vice versa Shifa gets there no matter what and I pretty much get there no matter what right
0: so I have I guess two more questions and then we can wrap this up I'm sure it's quite chilly where you are right now
1: it's pretty comfortable, but oh, cool. go right ahead.
0: All right. So, and I apologize, this question is coming, kind but of I've asked to every one of these people. Did you hashtag believe the hype?
1: Hypa, let me tell you. I actually did hashtag believe the hype. I did believe the hype. I thought the moment we started talking, I thought you were going to be like one of the defining characters of the season.
0: For different and reasons than I ended up that I ended up being.
1: Yes, it happened in a different way than I expected. But I feel like I feel like you made your mark, and I feel like it's also it was also the same kind of fatalism that drove like everything surrounding you to happen the way it did that controlled the rest of the season. Um, I felt like. In order for me to get far, I needed to capitalize on anyone trying to do a similar thing to me. And I think that was only you and Dragon.
0: No question. I would agree with that. I would agree with that sentiment entirely.
1: Other people were maybe trying to lead from the front or to um, play a, a dominant and domineering game. But not in the same kind of, not in the same webby way you know, the more flexible alliance-oriented way that we three were. Right. And I believed the Hypa so much that I thought, okay, if I have an opportunity and we've kind of gotten to the end of our rope, um, for now, I might as well, like, go all out and get rid of Hypa because if I don't, what am I going to do? Hypa is just going to play my game while I'm still here, and I can't have that. You know, it's like we could cooperate, maybe, but that'll only go so far. Um, right. So I did, I did believe the Hypa. Perhaps a bit too much for your own safety.
0: <laughs> no question. Um... I don't think you are in the minority in this conversation of people who believe the IPA too much for IPA's own safety. Interesting. Um, no, I mean, I just, I felt incredibly boxed in and just based on the way people were reacting. I thought I didn't have any chance. I felt the same way as you did that this is going to go down this path. Some combination of Kim Dragon and T or no, sorry, Kim Dragon and Maddie, not Minty. Maddie is going to run the season, and it was very clear from maybe the second or third round on that that was going to be the case. Right. Um, and it was very clear that you were going to take either Simaj or Jiffa with you to the end. Right. And. Um, that's why I started, I mean, that's why I started targeting Samaj, clearly. I mean, that. that's kind of practically what you do. And then, I mean, honestly, the intended goal of one of my kind of famous, and we haven't talked about it yet for some reason, calling you on the black spot was I pictured a, that scenario ending and Samaj going.
1: Um, wait, what, what? what are we talking about?
0: When I, like, made that message and DM challenging you to a black spot duel?
1: Oh, right, yes.
0: The idea was that the third person would go.
1: Right. And that would be Samaj. Yes. Interesting. What did you expect to do the round after if Samaj went?
0: Um, I expected there be to be enough room for me to maneuver at that point. I expected the game to open up more.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: That was, I guess, the goal was just to put myself out there in a way that could just crack open this kind of very clear path. You know, to crack open the hamster's maze, if you will, and let the uh, mice scurry.
1: Right. Um. Yeah, and I—I I mean, I sound like I've, I've complained uh, for an hour about how on rails the season felt, but uh, you know, I can't uh, not acknowledge the fact that I went along with it because, for the most part, it was propelling me to the final three. And so, uh, if you, I you yeah if I, it, I season, it yeah, if I stop the season, yeah, if I stop the season from opening up and giving people like you ruined your maneuver. Um, I was completely happy with that.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's a reasonable way to play. You know, it's how you should handle that type of situation. It is exactly how I would have handled the situation if this you were on the other foot.
1: <clears throat> yeah, I Which. feel like... Sorry, go ahead.
0: I mean, I think confused some people who seemed to think I would view your game negatively after the season was over when I had nothing but respect for it and thought it made complete sense.
1: No, yeah, I, I honestly, like you were one of the people who I thought would least take it personally if I voted them out. Um, As long as it was a sensible move. Um,
0: yeah, and I mean, I think that was really how I approached it. Anytime I've been voted out of an org, and it seemed like a logical move. I've, had respect in when it hasn't, I've had the kind of typical bitter jury content, discontent right. for it.
1: Right. Um, I don't know. I, I don't think um, we mentioned this, but I had like the final four. I was basically doing all I could to advocate for mutiny without actually saying it. Because Maddie was on a personal okay, so on a personal level, this season was like I was uh, completely broken by the end of it, um, which I didn't expect. Um, but I I tried not to let it impact my gameplay too much, and I think I still made objectively. Well, I think
0: that's kind sound of an moves. interesting contradiction at the core of this season was how it, how fatalistic it was, but also how much that took a toll on every single person who played.
1: Mm-hmm. Right. Well, it's kind of like, you know, if you're bound to, you know, the spinning wheel that flies through the heavens as your torture, uh, it doesn't matter if you have any control over it or not. In fact, it's almost worse if you have no control over where you're going. You know, it's like you're completely helpless in the face of all of this happening. And helplessness, like when you're like getting close to people, like for example, like I've talked to Maddie so much, like, I mean, like we're friends now, we had barely talked before and to have like this game be in the middle of it and being completely helpless to actually like figure out a way to play the game in a way that doesn't alienate the people who you do consider friends, Right. that's like, that makes it hit even harder. Yeah,
0: no question. Sorry, I feel like you had a point before that that you're trying to get to until I could have derailed you.
1: Um, oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I was telling Maddie that, okay, you know, if you, if I don't want to like coerce you into doing this, like if you're so torn up about it, you don't have to vote Choco out. You know, like, I, I, I hope you understand this. Um, partially because I, you know, like I felt that like, I actually really do like ethically have a problem with, uh coercion and like influence outside of the game um though obviously in the game i'm happy to coerce anyone i can Um, right so that was kind of like a personal a personal thing but i only did it because from the game perspective i knew like no matter how much I, i told her that she could do something else that she had free will she wouldn't feel like she has free will. No one in this game would feel free at any point. So there's no danger to this. There's nothing that could go wrong. Um, I feel like that was like the the most like uh, the most concise uh, encapsulation of the game of how it felt moment advocating for my own mutiny and feeling no fear.
0: Interesting. But yeah no I mean that's gotta feel not good.
1: No yeah.
0: So I think we're probably about ready to wrap it up, yeah.
1: Yeah, I'm, yeah I think uh, we covered a lot of what people are interested in.
0: Right. I mean, well, is there anything else that you want to say? I mean, I don't know if you're being interviewed. I don't know if this is going to be the last time you're talking in a long form about this in a public way, I guess. Probably. Um, I don't know so if you have anything else that you would like to put out in the universe. I'm all yours. I
1: have all the time in the world. Um, okay. Uh, Dragon, I am really, really sorry. I'm very sorry. I hate myself for doing what I did to you, but it had to be done. It was fate. Um, actually, I think that was the most pressing thing on my mind. <laughs> that was pretty much. Um, what about Chris? Chris, um, Chris, I hope you don't um, think that I like hate you or like hate talking to you or anything. I just like, you know, I, I just am very kind of cold to people generally, and like we just didn't if we had aligned at least a little bit on game issues um, I'm sure we would have much different perspectives of each other Um, Minty Minty, Minty. I got back at you for your fucking Wendy comment sorry, can I swear on, on this show? yeah okay um, that was What's my goal. But, Give some context.
0: Oh, uh, to the uh, the audience I, I, to the audience. I
1: I think the audience um, should figure it out from the context. I I don't think it should be republicized. Um, it's not actual drama. Everyone involved Is, finds it hilarious. But
0: does this have to do with season thirty-eight player Big Wendy?
1: No, season three winner. Wendy.
0: Season oh
1: I see. Okay. Yeah, season three where I voted Minty out at like final like ten or whatever. Ah, I see. Um, and I don't think he ever forgave me for that. Um Minty, I'm surprised you remembered. Surprised <laughs> so you remember that far. Uh but love you, love how bitchy you are. Nothing personal against you.
0: You know, I was just, you know, at some point I was talking to a Irish kind of music producer friend of mine about Minty, um, where I was trying to connect with Minty, and I was like, Minty said he's from this part of Ireland, and um, what, do you, what are what is that like? And my friend said that that part of Ireland that Minty is from is full of uh, posh pricks. <laughs> and... Well, I, that kind of, I guess it kind of the conversation ended there, because I can't use that knowledge in any sort of strategic way. But I found that interesting as a juxtaposition to how you're describing Minty.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think Minty is very, very posh. I think, um, I, I actually regret not talking to Minty more, because I think he's, like, incredibly hilarious. And um, he has a very particular kind of charisma very strange. He doesn't seem like the type of person who would waste their time on ORGs, you know? He seems like a normal person. Um, No offense to any listeners, unless you deserve it. Or any current people in this conversation. Yes. Yes. Um, But, I don't know, you you just sometimes you just uh, don't connect. That's sad. I simply spent way too much talking to people generally and didn't have any mental capacity left for anyone else. I'm sorry.
0: Um, let's see. Simaj.
1: Simaj. Um, it was heartbreaking, the Samaj boot, because I believe Simaj thought that I was, like, his closest ally and that I was going to go to the end with him. Um... I love Samaj so much and I was going to like take him as far as I could. But I was never like number ones with him. I was never um planning on like taking him to the final three. Um but it was still very heartbreaking having to vote him out and he didn't expect me to do it until he of like, he finally figured it out right before the votes. Um so that was like one of the saddest moments of the orc. He just like realized that he didn't have me. If he didn't have me, who did he have? Um, right. he died alone. So I'm sorry. Um Andrew. Andrew Andrew, I I actually I didn't talk to Andrew much at the beginning, but like after a certain point we found something to hook onto and we started I actually like I actually started liking Andrew quite a lot. Um, up until his boot I think Andrew Is a very surprising player um, Like you he kind of You're lulled into underestimating him um, Just because he's a very Reserved kind of person I feel But eventually You'll catch like a glimmer Of insight And perceptiveness And you'll go Oh so He is taking note of everything that's happening. Um, And I got very impressed with him by the end. Um, Chadi should have went earlier.
0: Chadi should have went earlier. Um, Tarjik.
1: Tarjik. Tarjik. We were were doing really well. We were doing really well until Tarjik um, actually, hi, but can I ask you one question about Targic? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I forget if I asked Targic this already, but was Targic like working with you when you went home? Yes. Okay. Okay. Good. I'm not crazy. Um, um, Targic
0: and I kind of, and if anyone reads my confessions, will understand this. Um, but I went back and forth on Targic into whether or not I trusted him a lot more than he did with me. He seemed very willing to play with me in a way where I had more reservations about
1: him. Mm -hmm. Um, I think kind of understandably so, but essentially what happened with Tartric is that I was completely willing to work with him. Um, I mean, I don't, I don't like making people feel closer than they actually are unless it's like a very like committal thing. Like if I, I, because I know that, that, commitments bite you in the ass so like i might make a few too many but i don't go like you know i I try to like level that out so i never was super tight with tarja but i thought we were on really good terms until after you went home tarja was like incredibly paranoid every time we talked thought that i was coming after him thought the dragon was coming after him And I didn't understand, like, the only thing that I could think of that would explain at least some of this weird phenomena um, was if Tarjik was actually working with you at the time of your boot. And um, that would kind of explain, like, why he felt so kind of um, unmoored from his course, or from his, you know, from like what he thought the game would be afterwards right um and i wish like i like honestly like I, I wish like we had just stayed stable a little bit longer and if like something else like happened that would take the attention away from like things that happened like five rounds prior um maybe tarsha and i could have actually like went deeper together
0: Um, let's see. Yandere.
1: Yandere, I talked to him like twice. Um, was always on the black spot. I don't know anything about Yandere. Sorry. Um, Tibbs. Tibbs, almost completely inactive. Um, I've played with Tibbs before. And I, uh... I was excited to play with him again because I thought like he was a great character. Um, He's very good at like projecting power. Um, But he just kind of wasn't here for most of the game. So it was kind of disappointing.
0: Right. And then the season as a whole, and we can kind of wrap up here.
1: Season as a whole, it was, it was exactly as it was meant to be from the beginning, I guess. Um,
0: and so, thi- by your estimation, where does this season rank?
1: Um, I haven't watched most of the seasons I wasn't in, um, so if you mind, if if you don't mind, if I only do like the ones that I played.
0: Yes. Okay. Just of the seasons you've played.
1: Of the seasons I've played, this is um, probably second to last, if not last. I think the only seasons uh, arguably worse are seasons 8 and seasons uh, season 1 um, 8 was incredibly dry and boring but I felt like it at least had a satisfying well maybe not a satisfying but a, it, it didn't promise more than it, than it delivered it on like I think 10 did And season one was completely new and and fresh and like strategically awful, but at least it was, you know, it it has points for originality. But season 10, it was, it it is making me retire from orgs. It was um, emotional hell, um, not very interesting strategically. Um, Good cast that just, couldn't do anything, um, had no agency. Not much good to say about season ten.
0: Yeah, no, I think that kinda subs sums up a lot of my thoughts, a lot of my and all of my frustrations. Considering mm-hmm. the kind of high ambitions I came came into that season this season with.
1: Right. Yeah, you would have been um much better on season six, I feel. Did you play season six?
0: Uh, my first season was season seven.
1: Okay, um, I, I feel like season six had a much better cast for that kind of gameplay because, like, it, it was never it was never stale.
0: Um, season seven, also, I mean, among the worst seasons of Pirate Master, from what I understand.
1: That is, that is what I've heard, but I haven't seen it, so.
0: Um no one likes super gogging. Mm-hmm. Um and on that note unless you had anything else.
1: Um for some reason I feel the need to not forget to talk about Maddie. Um Maddie is More than Jefa,
0: according to the uh, prep room.
1: Right. More than Jeffa. Um <laughs> Maddie Player of the season, Um, everyone loves you, you're great. Um, I can't think of anything else to say about Maddie. I'm sorry. That was a joke. Um, Jiffa, Jiffa, you are well deserving of your win. I think very strategically rich game, a lot of depth, Um, even though we didn't agree on every particular point, I think you thought things through much more than I did or could and um, I'm glad one of us won Um, that was the panel, long and it happened so (laughs) cheers to you
0: cheers to to Jiffa
1: indeed Um, go
0: back to uh, Madeline Madeline Medea Mango.
1: Do we need to talk more about her? If you'd like. Um, I think Madeline was the uh, the most um probably is like the most like damaging element of the game on my personal game. Yeah, Madeline, I talked to her way too much. Um, I'm pretty sure we both ruined our lives playing this, and we're both uh, in desperate need of, of treatment for whatever complex traumas this game has given us. Oh. <laughs> I think that covers it.
0: All right. Well, that wraps it up. I am Hypa. Hashtag believe the hypa this has been the conversation with third place player hashtag kim powers more like kim sours and now kim i have to ask you again if you consider changing your name to kim powers more like shane powers
1: that would be a great name hashtag believe the hype.